So we're going to go ahead and uh, start with the scripture. John chapter 15, verse 1. The vine and the branches. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Verse 3. You all... You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now keep in mind, this is Jesus speaking. If you, if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Can I get an amen? Amen. So that's, that's, the, that's the, the story of the, the vine and the branches. Now before I, get, I start uh, breaking that verse, that, that passage down, I want to explain to you what exactly is going on. And uh, sister, if you could put the map on for me, please. We're going to go ahead and go back to the geography lesson you guys now at this time jesus is walking well we'll get there in a second and you guys know we're staying true to the verse right you guys know what verse i'm talking about right hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 amen leave the elementary teachings and go on to maturity and as uh we go on to maturity we're going to break down every single verse we're going to break down every single passage to the point where it's drilled into your head (laughs) no matter how difficult i'm not feeding you baby food i'm feeding you fresh Fresh bread, hard, hard steak filet, amen? Amen. Now, this is, I want, I want, you guys know, this is the world, right? United States, South America, Africa, right? Now, we're going to be focused on this part right here, okay? Next slide for me, sister. So, we're right here, amen? Uh, uh, yeah, we're going to focus right here. This is Israel, right here. Go on to the next slide, sister. It's Egypt. Now, right here. Jesus and his disciples were uh, walking from Bethany, uh, right here, going to um, Gethsemane. I hope I pronounced that right. Gethsemane, right? Amen? Amen. Now, so basically, uh, for, as an example, it's like, it's like they were walking from Chicago to Skokie in Illinois, okay? So they were walking, uh, Jesus and his disciples were walking uh, from the town of Bethany to the, to the town of uh, Gethsemane, uh, Gethsemane in Jerusalem, okay? Now, does anybody know, uh, this is a question for everybody, okay? I want whoever knows, just raise your hand, all right? Does anybody know the scene that took place in uh, Gethsemane? You know, the very important scene. Anybody know? Besides our leaders. Anybody? Yeah? <laughs> well, real important, man. Go ahead and, and uh, turn to your Bibles to Matthew twenty-six thirty-six, And just mark that down. We're not going to read scripture. That's going to be uh, uh, your assignment for the week. Matthew uh, chapter 26, 
26, verse 36, and go on. And that is where Jesus, that's where his betrayal happens in that town. That's where he gets betrayed. That's where Judas turns him in, basically. Now, along the way um, from Bethany, uh, from Bethany, there was many different kinds of vines and gardeners. um, And what most likely happened as Jesus and his disciples were walking to, uh, to the other town, Jesus took an opportunity to give a, a, a sort of visual example to his disciples because this is most like what happened, right? They're walking, they see lots of vines, they see lots of gardeners, right? Lots of plants. And the Lord, he probably, he most likely saw that as an opportunity to give some sort of visual example to his disciples and saying, hey, look, I'm the vine, right? And he's, we're going to break it down right here. Jesus states in verse 1 that he is the true vine and that the Father is the gardener, making, meaning that we are the branches, amen? So we have three characters mentioned in the passage that we read in John 15, verse 1 through 8. We have the vine, which is Jesus. We have the gardener, which is the Father, God. And the branches, which are the disciples, the believers, you guys, amen? In verse 2, he said, he cuts off every branch in me. Now this is Jesus speaking about the Father. He cuts... He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it may be even more fruitful. Now, in verse 2, Jesus is uh, stating two types of branches. And by branches, I mean believers, two types of disciples, two types of followers. And that is, uh, number one, the fruitless branch. And number two, the fruitful branch. Okay, so he speaks first on the branch that bears no fruit. That's the one he mentions on first. And the question now is, what exactly is a fruitless branch? Look to your neighbor to your right and say, what's, what's a fruitless branch? Now go to your neighbor on the left and say, shh, pass about to tell us. Amen. Because <laughs> I'm about to tell you. Amen. All right. Now, a fruitless branch, a believer, a fruitless believer is one who no longer has a spiritual relationship with the father, the gardener, right? Now, branches, believers, that are disconnected from the vine, which is Jesus, right, are dead, lifeless, and useless as far as producing fruit goes. So branches, disciples, believers that don't bear fruit are dead, they're lifeless, and they're useless when it, comes to be- when it comes to producing fruit. Amen? Now, what does the gardener do to the fruitless branch? What would a gardener, now this is just a real gardener with a real vine, uh, vine tree. What would the gardener do with the fruitless branch? What does he do? He cuts it off. Now, why would he cut it off? Because it ain't producing fruit, but why is it not producing fruit? Because... It's, it's, it's diseased now. And it, it's rottening, basically. And that rottening branch, if it's not cut off soon, it's going to seep into the rest of the vine, into the other branches, and it's going to kill the other branches. And it's going to cause those branches to not produce fruit as well. So we have to cut it off. So just like the Father, God, the gardener, he sees a, a disciple not producing fruit, he's discontinued from, from uh, basically backsliding 
right? He's disconnected from Jesus. He's disconnected from the vine, and he's turning back. What's the father going to do? He's going to cut him off. Okay, now this ain't me speaking, right? This is Jesus talking, right? Can I be real with you, right? Is this okay? Can I get an amen? Don't get quiet on me now. Somebody help me preach. Come on now. Can I get an amen? Can I get a hallelujah? Can I get a praise God? Say, I serve the vine. I am the branch. And I will be fruitful. Amen. Somebody help me preach. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. So what does God the gardener do to the people, the branches that are fruitless and disconnected? He cuts them off, right? He judges and rejects them. See, John the Baptist knew about this before Jesus even started his ministry. Let's, let's go to your Bibles. You turn to uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 8. But he was baptizing followers. He saw the Pharisees and warned them. He said, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. He said, what? Produce what? Produce what? Produce fruits keeping with repentance. Now we skip down to verse 10. It says the axe is already at the root. It's right here. The axe is right at the root of the tree. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. You see, now this is John the Baptist saying that I baptize, see, I, John the Baptist, baptize you with water for repentance. But after me, after me, and he's speaking of Jesus, will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. With the Holy Spirit and fire. Come on. That's right. Come on, brother. Thank you. Come on. Now, before I go on, I want to I wanna make sure everybody knows. Who, who is John the Baptist? There you go. He's Jesus' cousin, right? As far as if we're going to go in detail, yeah, he's Jesus' cousin. But more importantly, he was the forerunner. Of Jesus, he, he went before Jesus and he he paved the way. He was telling, look, there's a, there's going to be a man that's coming. There's going to be a man that's coming. And although I baptize you with water for repentance, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He's going to baptize you with fire. He's going to baptize you and change your life. Come on. But if we're going to go into detail, then yeah, he, he, he's he's Jesus's cousin. That's found in Luke one, uh, chapter one thirty six. And here's the interesting one. See, John the Baptist was born six months before Jesus, and he died about six months before he died, before Jesus died. Come on now. Just a little interesting fact, man. All right, well, let's go on back to the message, all right? Let's get back from that rabbit trail. Now, Jesus, Jesus speaks second, and we're speaking about verse 2, right? Jesus speaks second on the branch that bears fruit. Somebody says, bear fruit. He speaks on the branch that bears fruit. Now, what exactly is a fruitful branch? Now, a fruitful branch is one who has a spiritual relationship with the father, the gardener, a person who wants to develop themselves in the church, be discipled, be grown up to be an apostle, to be an evangelist, to be a pastor, to be a teacher. Amen? Come on now. So what does God do to the branches that bear fruit? What does he do? He prunes them, right? So what exactly is pruning? He, it, it's like little, little, little mistakes here and there, little, little imperfections. Just kind of snips them off. 
right? When you prune a plant, and I'm talking about physically with a plant right now, a gardener, you control or direct new growth. Each cut will stop the plant's growth in one direction and redirect it in another, guiding the shape and size of that plant. You see, for, for the Christians, this might, for you guys, for myself, this might mean that God will take away anything that will cause you to stumble. Anything. If your friends cause you to stumble, cut it off. He's going to prune them off. He's going to be like, hey, cut it out. If, you, if some of your family members, hey, cut it out. Right? Bad habits, swearing, it's going to prune that out of you. See, being pruned is going to be uncomfortable and it could be painful. But what will it produce? It's going to produce life-giving fruits. Life-giving fruit. You see, you being fruitful is not just for you and, and to honor God. It's not just for that reason, but it's to produce, it's to help out others. It's to help out others. You see, my fruit helped produce some of you guys here today. Lonnie's fruit helped produce some of you guys today. Your fruit will help produce others tomorrow. You see, we need to be willing to be pruned by God. We need to get rid of those imperfections and say, Lord, I, I know this might be uncomfortable. You know what? I, I, I've been living a certain lifestyle for so long, but I'm going to change for you. Go ahead, Lord. Go ahead. Do it. Now, let's go to verse 3. You, already clean, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Verse 4. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now let's focus on the words, remain in me, the last three words. A Christian, you guys, us, must not only stay spiritually connected to Jesus, but grow spiritually dependent on him. See, we can't just get closer and closer and closer to, as a relationship with Christ. We need to grow dependent and say, Lord, I can't do this without you. I can't. Lord, I love you with all my heart, but I, look, it's, it's, every time I try to do this on my own, while still loving God, doing, doing whatever my body, my, my flesh tells me to do, and it could be a good thing. It could be a good thing. It could be like, it's like the Lord told you to talk to a specific person. Bam, he, he spoke to you. You're walking. You're evangelizing. And you look at another person. You know you feel a tugging in that heart for that person. But you go on and go to that person. Is that a, really a bad thing? You see, we might do things like that at times. And although we love God, we need to grow dependent on him. Saying, Lord, you know, I, I, like, although I, I don't know, for some reason I have an urge to go to that person. I'm going to stay faithful to you because I depend on you. And he says, without me, neither can you bear fruit unless you, are, you remain in me. Amen? You see, the only reason a branch has life is because the life of the vine is growing through it. Right? The only reason a branch, right, tree, whatever, has life in it is because the, the vine is flowing through it, right? The life of the vine is flowing through it. And in the same way, a Christian only has life as long as Christ's life, Christ's life flows through that person. You see, God, Jesus, I mean, this, 
this ain't a very difficult passage to understand. It's, it's, it has its, its, its uh, parts. It has its ups and downs. But for the most part, it's pretty easy. We know that the vine is Jesus. The gardener is the father and the branches are us. Now we need to stay with the vine. What is the vine? It's the, it's the life-giving um, um, center. It, it gives us the fruit. It gives us life, right? We need to stay connected to that vine. And who supports that vine? Who supports that plant? It's the gardener, the father, the God. The God. The only God. The God of Jacob. Amen. The God of Abraham. The God that we were worshiping just about 30 minutes ago. Amen. The same God that, 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 that threw down his presence and rained down his fire. That is the same God. The same God a.k.a. the gardener. I don't care what you call him, just praise him, okay? Amen. So, right here, before I go on, what are the three things that a Christian needs most in their walk? And those one-to-one students, the ones that are being disciples, should know this. The three things that we need the most. Who knows it? Prayer, Christian fellowship, and reading your word. Those are the top three things that we need as Christians to build up each other and build up in Christ. Prayer, prayer, the Bible, and Christian fellowship. Now let's go to verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If I, or if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Now what? What's Jesus trying to say here? What's Jesus trying to say here? Man, let's think about this for a second. Let's focus on the last couple of words and a branch, a branch that is thrown away. A branch that is thrown away. Let's focus on that real quick. Now, Jesus was giving his disciples a stern warning. He was giving them a warning. He's giving us a warning, a warning that is that it is possible for a true believer to turn back, to turn their back on Christ and to fail to remain in the vine. As a result, they are cut off, thrown into the fire. Right? So if a branch decides it doesn't want to produce fruit anymore, it's cut off. Jesus says, I will cut you off. I will cut you off and throw you into the fire of hell. Of hell. Now, who has heard of the phrase, uh, the phrase, once saved, always saved? Who heard of that before? Once saved, always saved. Let me tell you, I, no, I don't believe in that. No way. Mm-mm. See, this, this scripture right there, that verse is very descriptive, and it is very clear. Jesus never taught that. You see, he was, he was teaching us that our relationship with him must continuously be on the move and growing. Verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. Come on, amen. Oh, come on. That sounds good, doesn't it? Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Now, you see, now God is faithful and answers prayers, amen. But we need to stay in constant, stay constant with three things. 
three things we need when we, we focus on that, that scripture. Remain in me and my words remain in you. Whatever you ask, whatever you wish, it will be given to you, right? When we read that and we really put our hearts on it, we need to stay focused on three things. Consistent with asking, consistent with seeking, and consistent with knocking. Amen? Turn your Bibles to Matthew uh, chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Let me get an amen when you're there. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Now ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Verse 8. For everyone who asks, receives. He who who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, see, Jesus is saying... While praying, we need to have perseverance in that prayer. You see, not because we need to beg God. You see, because God answers prayers, amen. We don't need to beg God to answer our prayers. But we need to build by doing that. We build trust and know that it's in God's hands. You see, God ain't a genie. We need to ask, we need to seek, and we need to knock. You see, asking implies that we recognize our need and that we trust God to hear our prayers. Seeking implies that our request is sincere and we are willing to obey God and pursue his purpose when he responds with an answer or instruction. Knocking implies that we keep bringing the request to God even when he does not respond quickly. You see, asking, seeking, and knocking. That's what that verse is talking about. And finally, verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you elevate, bear much fruit, showing yourselves elevate to be my disciples, to be Jesus' disciples, amen, to be true disciples of Christ, to be true followers of Christ, to bear true fruits, not to turn your back, not to say, I'm here, I'm a Christian, I'm saved once and I'm always saved. No, because as soon as you got that attitude, that's the second you start decreasing in your faith and that's the, the second you lack the faith that you need to go on.